Super Talk Mississippi media production. I'm Steve Azar, and I'm on the other side of the microphone, meaning I'm asking the questions this time, and oh, have mercy for the airwaves. I spent 20 years in Music City, wrote and made some hits, traveled the world, and then moved my family back to the birthplace of American music and where the magnolia trees prosper. And now every time I put my feet on Mississippi soil, when I'm off the road, well, I'm at peace. On this show, it's all about hearing the story straight from the mouths of the friends I've made along the way, their journey to success. Heck, there might be someone on, I don't even know, but you know how us Mississippi types are. We tend to take well to new company. In a Mississippi Minute, all 60 of them. I'm Steve Azar. It's just like that muddy river moving slow. Ain't no worries, it's how life goes, baby. In a Mississippi minute. That's right. Coming to you from the Keep Mississippi Beautiful studio, I'm Steve Azar. Thanks for listening to In a Mississippi Minute. I appreciate that very much. Reminding you, once this mess gets behind us, thinking about you all, prayers and blessings coming your way, that there are a lot of amazing and wonderful things to do right here in the great state of Mississippi. Just go to visitmississippi.org to find out more. Well, my guest, I've had the thrill of having him to my right on the stage many, many nights when I moved back home to the Delta is when I met him. He played on my records since, and if there was ever a beautiful marriage between an artist and the instrument that he chose to master, today's guest sets the bar. So accomplished, not only playing with the greats from jazz and blues all around the world, but also insanely educated, if I can say that. A Fulbright scholar. He holds degrees from Mississippi Valley State, Valdosta State, the University of Mississippi, etc., etc. And every time I'm on stage with him, I feel like I'm with the professor. Yep. He served most recently as the chairman of the Fine Arts and the director of B.B. King Recording Studio at Mississippi Valley State University and now presides at Lincoln University as provost. We'll find out exactly what that all entails and welcome in my dear pal, the one and only, and I'm telling you, the man that can play a horn like nobody else's business, my man, Dr. Alfonso Sanders. What's up, Doc? Hey, good morning, Steve. How you doing, man? I'm good. Are you on Delta Soul through all this time, or are you uh, in Lincoln? Well, yeah, I'm, on, I'm, I'm still out in Missouri. We still have a, you know, a full-time responsibility out here, despite the uh, climate, you know, that we're faced with in, in the world. Still trying to serve students right. as we can. Uh, now, I said, are you in Lincoln? Where is Lincoln? Uh, actually, Lincoln University. This, yeah, this this is there are two two Lincolns. This is the this is the the real Lincoln is Missouri, <laughs> in Jefferson City, Missouri. <laughs> <laughs> so the other ones, of course, I'm not going to talk about. But, uh, but yeah, I'm out here at Jefferson City, uh, the capital city of Missouri, and we, we're doing, uh, you know, the same service that universities are doing across the, the nation to try to serve our students to, uh, to be, uh, you know, aware of career paths that they need to be in. And, and so I think we're doing a great job so far. Uh, you're yearning and need to be educated okay i mean like not everybody is built that way um i know i wasn't uh and i appreciate it when i see it you know having a brother that went through all those years of med schools and residencies and fellowships etc etc and watching his dedication and how easy it was for him uh you are that you're you're built that way but yours is built with music so as we all went our different paths 
to become better. And our education was like yours and ours were just different. You know, I mean, I was being educated whether I liked it or not uh, and learning from mentors. Uh, yours was more structured. Um, you know, where did that come from? Do you feel like it was there somebody else in your family where your folks like going like, hell, Alfonso, this is what you're going to do. Or was it just something that you've always needed? Oh, uh, you know, Steve, it's, it's, it's hard to pinpoint what happens when you're, you know, matriculating through this life. But I stumbled into education because I, my love for music was starting to be challenged as a performer. Uh, had great opportunities, you know, when I got started as a late bloomer. I stumbled into music about 10th grade, uh, trying to be like most, most of the young guys, be athletic. Uh, Almost didn't finish high school, Steve. I got wow. interested in, in the trumpet uh, and started practicing, trying to trying to see if I could actually learn to do it well. And a lot of other things, studies and my other academic behavior just started to go to the background. And I, you know, had those deep conversations with my grandmother who reared me, and uh, and we, and I found that uh, I really liked music, and so. As time went on, of course, I started having a, a nerve problem in my lip, uh, hmm. which uh, prevented me from playing the trumpet as, as the way that I needed to. And, uh, of course, I started teaching. I got my education degree uh, from Mississippi Valley State, and I started to teach school. And as I began to do that, I realized that I could pick up another instrument and try it along with the students. And so saxophone was that next hurdle. But as time went by, I found out that Maybe if I put a little more time into it, it would be something that would suffice my appetite to play and perform. And lo and behold, it led to the flute, and then the flute <laughs> led to the harmonica. And uh, and um, and fortunately, when I got an opportunity to teach at Mississippi Valley State, there was an old building that had instruments in it, and they were about to tear it down. And I went in there to look around uh, prior to them you know, destroying the building. And found a flugelhorn, which is a, a kind of a cousin to the trumpet. It's you know it's a cross between a bugle and a French horn, so they call it flugel. But uh, but anyway, that I tried it out and my lip was working again, and so I added the trumpet back into my practice habits. And, wow. and here I am today, you know, considered a multi-instrumentalist, but I just do the best I can. You know, <laughs> oh, yeah, too. you do better than the best you can. <laughs> hey, we're talking to Dr. Alfonso Sanders. So Alfonso. What do you think physically with a, you're talking about this nerve situation with your lip? How were you able to play a saxophone and not play a trumpet? I mean, what, what what's the difference? Well, yeah, trumpet trumpet uh, needs the human skin tissue to vibrate, and that's the lip surface in order to produce the sounds, kind of a, a buzzing sound that you get from one of your lips, uh, which happened to be my top lip, and, and of course that was damaged. But on the saxophone, you have a reed that's there that actually does the buzzing for you so ah. i didn't need didn't need to use the you know the physical lip there to buzz with so eventually and, the, uh, eventually you were able to to do it all right i mean just what what well, happened yeah, I just came back came back full circle i must admit though steve you know growing up in the south and you have you know your spiritual ties you know uh and you try to understand you know the power of, of of the creator, mm -hmm. and I was a little bit disturbed by the fact that I really had a passion and desire that I thought somebody gave me, and and when it was destroyed, 
with opportunity to do what I thought I was going to do the rest of my life was destroyed. I, I, I did have some animosity for a while and didn't understand things, but now I understand it. It just was a way to get me off that beaten path so that I could do something a little bit better, a little bit different. Yeah, isn't it funny? Our plan that we feel like that we are born to do, once, once we find that thing, you don't want it taken away, and sometimes it's taken away, but it comes back, uh, and it comes back a whole lot better. It's just time and the plan of the man, or uh, it's just sort of, he's got the clock, you know? Yeah, yeah. I never would have thought that, I, yeah, I never would have thought that I'd be serving as a provost at anybody's university, but. I mean, think I am, about that. You know, I, I mean, you know, I'm sitting here listening to the kid that didn't necessarily want to be, he wanted to educate himself, like, you know, in, in music. And, mm-hmm. you know, what could have happened to your lip, too, just medically speaking, as the Dr. Steve Azar steps into the building, everybody should probably close their ears. You could have kissed the wrong girl back then. Just let me tell you. <laughs> hey, and today you definitely can kiss the wrong one, man, with this virus going around. Oh, so, uh, cool. No, you're right, a lot going around now. Uh Alfonso, so you got a calling and you left us, had to do something new, and you, you went off to be provost, which is an amazing thing. Have you ever been provost before at a university? No, oh, no, no. First opportunity, um, and which, which, is, which is based uh, in experiences that you have as an educator, and I think that the best provost will probably be those people who have, you know, uh, been in the trenches and understand. I, I've had opportunity to teach, you know, K through 12, at one point, I did some services, you know, with uh, community colleges. At one point, and uh, done a lot of lot of programs, a lot of a lot of uh, clinical things that I got into. Uh, spent four summers out at the University of Colorado at Boulder. They're teaching at what was called at that time the Mile High Jazz uh, Camp, and so we would teach students, you know, how to get around in that jazz world. And so all of those things add up to experiences that you will need and and probably the most important is a, is trying to understand people because people need people so well we miss i can tell you right now uh, you know we miss you i miss seeing you i miss seeing you out oh man same same here yeah it's, it's always been beautiful too you know I, sometimes i listen back at recordings you know few and far between but but the one that you did has such a place in my career, and oh, I always yeah. think about it. And, and even the last one we did, Mississippi. I oh, one Mississippi. Oh, one yeah. I mean, yeah. what a great experience at the Mac. First, first uh, at the Max in Meridian. Nobody ever recorded there. We turned it into a studio, and we had a whole lot of fun. And you did your thing, and uh, you know that's going to serve us well. I think that we put a good mark on the history, uh, and it sort of. I love it. It put an extra stamp on you and me and the guys, you know, and Jimmy Lee and, and all my guys that have been with me for so long. I love how we've all come together and we get to make music. I'm with Dr. Alfonso Sanders. You're in the Keep Mississippi Beautiful studio and in a Mississippi Minute. Don't forget, guys, we're going to get through all this. And once we do, you know, keep hugging your family, but don't hug anybody else for right now. We're going to, we got a lot to do in our great state. Go to visit Mississippi.org. You're going to find out a whole lot more. Stand by. In a Mississippi Minute with Steve Azar, right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Highway one on my way down some fever trail. I'm with my man, the pi- my pal, the pal, Dr. Alfonso Sanders. One of the greatest musicians I've ever gotten to know, but also a great, great man. Just I feel the soul of him every time around. And the joke right now is... 
Alfonso, that who says the word, hey, baby, more than me, you are. And you are me. So so everybody when I everybody goes, Oh hey baby, what's up? Even my producer Will at Super Talk says, Hey, you already said, Hey baby, I said, Really? And they I said, Well, I, I know Alfonso Sanders says baby and they go, Look, man and the guys in the band, you know, Jason and said, Steve, you've been saying baby to us for 25 years <laughs> it's funny I don't, I don't ever recognize it or, or think i'm doing it but when i when when you call me and check on me and like at the beginning of our interview that people didn't get a chance to hear the first thing is hey baby how you doing <laughs> yeah you know i didn't think about that either i just pick up little idiosyncrasies you know and here we go but yeah. i didn't think about that we start Face to face, you know. You, you know, you know that in the movie, in our film, uh, Something in the Water, while everybody's sitting at home, you can go to uh, Go USA or, or Quello. Uh, the movie Something in the Water, when Alfonso and I, we had already met, but uh, this is the first time we got to work on a record together, and it was sort of accidental getting some of the guys from B.B. King's band, my band, Elvis's, Little Milton's, and then uh, Alfonso and I became brothers. I mean, that's the truth. And so uh, we got a, we had a great time recording at Club Ebony. It was an amazing experience. Uh, it was uh, my songs paired with letting all you guys do what you do. And it was uh, really cool. And uh, so that's going to be out so people can check it out. And you can find out all you want to know about, uh, about you. And the one thing that was so inspiring, there's a piece about you that we see you in your element working with a student. And that's when I realized there's another level of you that was so moving and I love to mentor as well. I do it a lot. I have a lot of separate kids and older people that I work with to make them better songwriters, better artists. Uh, it's something I need. It's very fulfilling for me and rewarding. But to see you do it was so inspiring. And to watch you sort of, sort of get on to them <laughs> with your switch. Your switch is your heart. You know what I mean? So you don't have a switch. You yeah. use your heart. But you, so where do you? Is that patience? Is it's great patience, um, and I see how important it is to you. When did that develop, and matter? I, yeah, I, I, I think that the, the, the same thing that you know that I just talked about is that you you go through things and then you start to realize that that there's a grace for every need that we have, and I started to look at things a lot differently when I realized that uh, I had I had. Uh, teachers who uh, didn't understand my dilemma when I was going through it, and I didn't know much about it because I tried practicing more like I was advised to, and the, and the more I practiced, the worse my lip got, mm. and if I could have gotten medical attention early, I might not have gone through that as severe as I did, mm-hmm. but 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 finally, uh, a doctor said that I had a, a, bra- like a, a brass allergy, and the poison that comes out of brass It'll do do different things to different people, you know. But anyway, uh, I, I I figured that out, and of course I just got off the got off the, the trumpet because it is a brass instrument. And and, and uh, in my quest for educating myself, I had started to fool around with making mouthpieces and that brass. And when I say making them, I was actually recrafting mouthpieces. But you had to file some of the surface off the mouthpieces and dig down into the bowl or the cup, as we call it. And I found out that I was not cleaning them properly because you can't see the brass 
when it's so fine when you when you're sanding it down. Uh, and that that started a problem. But then in the, in the process, I learned to be patient. You know, I learned to be a little more humble about things. And sometimes when people are talking to you, I felt that same thing when I thought I was translating how I felt and why I needed some support. I didn't think others were giving me that support. And um, matter of fact, I, when I when I was challenged, I even asked the question, Steve, when I was about to graduate from college. Uh, is it possible for me to just get my recital waived? And uh, and that particular chairperson said, no, we can't, we're not going to do that. And so that left me in a dilemma, uh, a larger dilemma. And then I decided, when I decided I would go and just do my student teaching and, and start the education route, and like I told you, I, had, I decided to do the saxophone. Uh, but uh, I realized then that uh, sometimes... Somebody has to be listening, and sometimes listening on, on deeper levels. You have to have a third ear, as I say, because sometimes you think you heard and you didn't. And you just have to sit down and get to know people, and I try to do that with some students too, you know. Well, I've seen it. I mean, and, and I just, the album's called Steve Azar and the King's Men down at the liquor store, but the movie's something in the water, and you really get to understand your compassion for it. Uh, it's it's bigger than a passion. It's a compassion, and uh, that's that's where you have to go. You know, Al- Alfonso. So many people ask me. You know, they they sort of want to do it. What we do, right? And yeah. And I, I think about my brother, who's the doctor. Who, when I was a little boy, he wanted to do this. That's what he wanted to be. Right. That was it. I've never seen him smile and and laugh more when he's at work, and. I grew up with him, and I used to be his entertainment in the room. You know what I mean? Like, he was in my room with me, and I'd try to get, I'd get work hard to get him to laugh. You know, I was sort of like, I was a little, a little, a little, a little wind the little monkey up in the corner. That was me, right? <laughs> and try to get him to laugh. But, but I've never seen him happier in his element. And that is what I tell everybody. Same for you. You know, I think I'm looking in a mirror when I'm looking at you. We all have this thing that, Man, it's the only thing that totally satisfies us next to our faith and our family. I get that. But getting to do something for your for your life, even when your gigs have been canceled for three months, like right now, you know what yeah, I mean? Like, yeah. at least, it still <laughs> doesn't. A lot going on. A lot man. going on. It still matters yeah. so much and is so deep-rooted that you'll do anything for it. And no time in the world, as bad as it could possibly get, will keep you or deter you from that. You're right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. I had my, one of my early early teachers, he said, that's, he said that's probably one of the, one of the only things that will make other people jealous in your, uh, that, that you have music in your life, and it takes a lot of time to develop it. So you'll spend a lot of, you know, a lot of waking hours trying to, trying to develop that craft, and, and that's, a, that's a true statement, you know, too. Um, and I was thinking you were talking about, like, the times we're in. Uh, we're losing a lot of musicians by virtue that they were traveling in the, in this climate uh, mm-hmm. overseas, a lot of the professional guys. We, we just lost uh, Miles Davis, probably only protege, uh, which was uh, Wallace Roney, who's a great trumpet player that many people would know if they were in the jazz world. But uh, he died from the virus uh a couple of days ago, we lost uh, Ellis Marcellus. We just lost, uh, yeah, Brantford. I just texted Brantford a yeah. little while ago. We lost his dad. 
Yeah, and so and Joe Diffie, you know, are, Joe Diffie just passed. Yeah, and those things are close to us because you know the music family is is a big loop. Mm-hmm. So I'm telling people out there, you know, my 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 prayers and concerns, you know, with with people who are in in the music world because uh, we probably are in the front line of of, uh, of contact for most of that too. It's something else. We're talking to Dr. Alfonso Sanders. Yeah, well, there's going to be some great loss for sure. You know, the good news is people will be ready for us to, to entertain them when, we're, when they get a chance to get back out, and we'll be there to do it. Yeah, it's interesting. And we, we're trying to, trying to learn a new way to do some things. I have, uh, have a couple of online gigs that I'll be doing. Uh, when are you doing that? One uh, is April 10th. Uh, we'll be out this way for a place that I started playing uh, on on Saturdays, and they wanted to just do kind of a, a music thing, and uh, and they called me and asked me about it. I, I wasn't even thinking about it, see? So they told me, well, you know, set your cash app up, and we want to we want to have a concert. So they, I they love it. Try to put them on. How are they gonna yeah. How are we gonna find that concert? Or what do we do? Uh, do I know? have no. See, if I wish I knew because they're supposed to call me back and give me a link to it, and. Huh. Uh, but maybe April 10th, maybe you can fish around. I think they wanted to do it around 4 o'clock. But yeah, I'm we can just Google. Sure. Maybe you'll have it. Do you have a website, Alfonso? I just work through Facebook, so it'll probably come through Facebook okay. Live or some one of those things okay. so people can check it out. Yeah, mm-hmm. Dr. Alfonso Sanders. Yeah. I love it. I love it. We're in a Keep Mississippi Beautiful Studios. Don't forget, guys, yeah. when we get to finally get out and actually hug and touch, uh, there's a whole lot of wonderful things waiting for you. Just go to visit Mississippi.org. You'd be amazed at what we got between the museums and the, and just uh, it never ends. You know, it, 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 uh, there's so much art and culture in our state, probably more than any in the world. So just get out, check it out. Uh, Alfonso, you know we are the birthplace of American music. You get to play DJ. Would you like to hear a little Howlin' Wolf or Muddy Waters? Man, it, hey, that's a hard coin. I like it. <laughs> Yeah, just flip the coin. I'm going to flip the coin, and I'm going to go howling wolf. I'm going to decide for you. Since I'm the leader of the band on occasions, I'm with Dr. Alfonso Sanders. You're in the Mississippi Minute. Don't go away. Mississippi Minute with Steve Azar, right here on Super Talk Mississippi. I got the doctor in the house, Alfonso Sanders. He's in Missouri. He's been stolen away for a handful of years. Uh, and, I, and, and I hurt, just FYI. I'm Steve Azar. You're in, on, in a Mississippi Minute. We're rolling through all 60 of them because that is how we roll and ride through this uh, crazy uh Whatever world it is that's going on in my head, so I apologize for y'all out there. Appreciate you listening. Don't forget to go to visit Mississippi.org to find out all the wonderful things you can do once we get through this crisis. Thinking about you all in the Keep Mississippi Beautiful studio. I love to say the word Mississippi. I've said it a million times in my songs, and I'll keep doing it. Uh, Alfonso, 
you meet B.B. King for the first time, you are heavily involved in his life and in, 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 in his foundation, his charitable organization. Explain how you guys met and what you did, and are you still doing it? Yeah, trying to, trying to stay active. And, and on different levels, like you know, especially working through the BB King Museum, and uh, that's been a, been a long haul for us. I, I, I was very close friends. I met his musician guys, uh, you know, years ago. He he was coming to the Delta uh, doing workshops during his uh, return, what they were calling the homecoming, and so probably spent I don't know maybe sixteen years, uh, you know, working with. BB before he passed, and, and that capacity of doing, you know, those educational workshops and uh, hosting some of them, you know, as I uh, took the position at Mississippi Valley State. But prior to that, it was just meeting him in, in his in his element, and I was introduced by, if I remember correctly, I think it was uh, Melvin, Melvin Jackson, uh, maybe, maybe, maybe Melvin and Stanley, those guys uh, introduced me to BB you know, back in the day. So, uh, uh, of course, we've lost both of those guys. I know. Uh, I think Melvin died shortly before BB passed. Mm-hmm. But uh, beautiful people, you know, beautiful spirits, and uh, it was always a pleasure. BB was just a, one of those guys that never met a stranger, and I never mind the idea of talking to people who knew new things. And he was one, you know, well-educated man. He's talking about, you know, uh, education. He was, he was always abreast of what was going on. Yeah, so one of the interesting things of uh, uh, encounters I had with B.B. King was um, at a concert he, he put on there at uh, Shreveport, Louisiana. And after the concert, uh, he invited me, you know, up to the, the room. And uh, we sat down on, on, on his bed. He ordered some food and stuff. There was, there was other people in the room as well and uh, uh, some of the musicians. And... Uh, as things kind of thin out, BB and I had a, an opportunity to just sit and talk about music, which which was something I really wanted to do, and he, he, evidently he wanted to do it too. But we started talking about uh, New York, his New York years, and how he, you know, he was telling me how he met Charlie Park and John Coltrane and a lot of those musicians that we now, you know, revere. And I asked him a question. I said, "Well, BB, when did you know you were BB King?" Hmm. And there came a long silence, and he said. He said, son, I've never been asked a question like that. And he said, I, I don't know. But he started recollecting, and, and he finally decided that he remembered the first time he felt like he was worth something. And he said it was at Fillmore West, well, you know, when people started introducing him as the king of the blues. And wow. he, said, he said he had some young guys that came out and helped him unload the bus, which was unusual, <laughs> you know, because they were always traveling and they got used to doing those, those things for themselves. Yeah. But he said people were out to help him and make him feel very welcome. Uh, wow! So yeah, that, those are, you know all those memories are fun, but that's one of the ones I always think back as to why did I even ask a question like that yeah. in the first place? You know, that's a a moment that I love it when he goes, "I've never been asked that question." You know, and you think about it, he's carrying yeah. is he carrying Lucille in himself? You know what I mean? Like how long was he carrying yeah. in Lucille? Yeah. You know, before. <laughs> Before he wasn't carrying in Lucille, he had somebody to do it. Uh, you think about BB um, tour. He had tour bus in the forties. Is that right? Am I, or am I? Am I? Am I? Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. In the Memphis years, yeah, he he started to, to to pull things together, and I'm not sure what what year he started on on tour bus, and it, and it could be. I'm thinking I'm thinking somewhere 
I, I know by the fifties he was definitely touring like that, you know. And he worked a whole lot. Like like when I had uh, Walter King on, Walter goes, "Yeah, no, no, BB worked. If he could work every day of the year, he loved to work." Yeah, he was. He was a. He was. He was definitely uh, passionate about travel, and he he didn't miss an opportunity to have that instrument in his hand. All right, big influences for you. The ones that maybe musically, uh, maybe spiritually, maybe a combination of both. Uh, it, or is is it on? Is it is it one finger? Is it three fingers? Is it five? You know what I mean? Like it was. I mean, who do you draw upon? I mean, anytime, especially times like these. I mean, who really is that someone? Well, you know, I've I've got a a lot of inspirations um, of people I've never met. You know, just by reading or by listening to certain people in in the music world. But I think my grandmother anchored me in in my life. You know, and I always look back to those years and uh, thinking back through life. And and she always had a phrase that if I was if things were getting getting tough, she used to just keep on living, son. Mm. And so I always think about that. You know, sometimes you think things are worse as worse they can be, but then we find ourselves in a in a virus climate that we've never experienced before. Right. And uh, and and now we're listening to voices. You know, on, on that end. But yeah, my grandmother kind of anchored me, and I think from from an inspirational side, she probably has to be that 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 key factor. But of course, I met you know a lot of a lot of musicians. My early uh, band director uh, was G.D. Burroughs, first music teacher I ever had, and and he let me in the band even when I really couldn't play this. I just just picked the thing up, trying to figure it out, and uh, he just embraced you know the students like that, and that might be another reason I. I like teaching too, mm-hmm. but uh, but I have a, a mentor now that's 83 years old, Joe Jennings, out of Atlanta. We we met years ago, and he's primarily he was he's from Natchez, Mississippi, his hometown, and he met he introduced me to uh, his one of his best friends, which was Bill Fielder, and Bill Fielder through him I met a lot of musicians because he was noted. Uh, trumpet was a noted trumpet teacher, right? And of course, he taught Winton and uh, a lot of other trumpet players. You know, Terrell Stafford was very close to Bill Fielder, and even Wallace Roney, who just passed, uh, was a, was an ex- trumpet extraordinaire. And uh, he, you know, Bill became important in my life, and he brought me to Mississippi. I followed him to, from Atlanta to uh, Mississippi, and mm. uh, so yeah, those those kind of things stay there. But but Joe and I talked last night. I mean, he's eighty three years old and uh, and I always do that and uh, of course I have you know uh, things that I look back at when I start looking at my music career and how important it was you know yeah and, uh, yeah I get it you know for me you make you're making me think of of mine uh, obviously there was Eugene Powell who was behind my dad's liquor store where I just walked back there when I was 10 or 11 and I just fell in love with it right and then so yeah. I wanted to write songs, so I ran in and write words, you know? I mean, I, that's what happened. We had a priest, and we have Sunday Masses at St. Joe, and there was always a youth choir, and I was sort of the outcast, sort of the younger one that wanted to play guitar and sing. I think I'd, by the time I'd gotten to seventh grade, we came to class, and a priest wasn't there. He was murdered. Uh, and oh. He was actually my Uncle Joe. 
I think they, he ended up dying at 33. And I think my Uncle Joe was 33 when he died of cancer, which I ended up writing the last verse of Waiting on Joe about all these years later. So mm-hmm. there's a lot of crazy ties in your life that, that end up coming back and you're not even thinking about. But but with that, this brother oh, yeah. came in. This He wasn't a pre-share. His name was Brother Chris Myers. He was a Jesuit brother from Missouri. There we go. And he uh-huh. he noticed something in me. And he said, I want you to start writing songs. I see you're writing. I want you to write songs for meditation after communion. And I want you to start playing them. And he wore me out with it. And to the point where I eventually had a priest tell me, I think you pushed it a little bit too far. <laughs> you know? And, and all those years later, it was some of those songs that ended up getting me a publishing deal after I went through years and years of writing. It was those songs. Man, it's all, it's yeah, crazy, it's right? Always interesting. Cry, man. anyway, yeah. Because yeah. so, yeah, so I was like, I'll be down at the liquor store on that, on that recording. It's, <laughs> it was a fun song to listen to, but... The way you tell the story, you can see all those characters. Yeah, it's like those, right in there. That, Alfonso, every one of those so so important to me. You know, Johnny Lee was so important to me. I mean, I don't, I don't become anything without her. I'm nothing without her. She was. She was with me all the time, and she made me tough, man. She, she made me tough, and so did my mom. They both had, they actually had a, some similar characteristics that when when mom wasn't there and she was there, there was nothing that was eliminated from my being raised. You know what I mean? We're all different, yeah. so you were all raised a little different, each one in the family, each kid. You want to raise up a song a little different because... Maybe there's a certain instrument that belongs on this song that doesn't belong on that one because that, you know, I always think yeah. of it as a kid. We're Dr. Alfonso Sanders. You're in the Keep Mississippi Beautiful Studios. We're going to get through this time, and when you do, I want you to go to visit Mississippi.org. Check it out, all the great things to do. We're going to be right back. beginnings all the way back to 1943. Guarantee Bank has grown from offering the basic banking services and products to serving customers with a comprehensive, complete line of expertise and products only expected at much larger institutions. We are proud to be your local big-time bank. So when you're looking for a bank you can truly depend on and trust, and like me so many years ago trying to find my way around, let Guarantee Bank with its 17 convenient locations, help you on your journey and become a wonderful addition to your family like they have mine for over 30 years. Guarantee Bank, member FDIC. In a Mississippi Minute with Steve Azar, right here on Super Talk Mississippi. I'm with my brother, Dr. Alfonso Sanders, true pal. Miss him. We'll always get to the times uh, when we finally get to be on stage together. Uh, it's always extremely rewarding to me and the guys, and uh, it's become family. Appreciate you taking a, a Mississippi Minute with me in the Keep Mississippi Beautiful Studios, Doc. And don't forget, everybody, check out visitmississippi.org. Check out all the things you're going to do when this mess is over. And, uh, and you're going to be ready to rock and roll. Uh, Doc, what's on the plate in the next uh, six months? I know I know things have been maneuvered and, and uh, our schedules have been changed, but sort of maybe some personal goals that you have, maybe a record you want to make, or uh, anything like sort of in the can that you've been wanting to do. Yeah, well, I have you know I have some unfinished uh, things on on the recording side that I like to like to complete, 
and it's harder, you know, because like now to, to even think about it. But I, I'm looking forward to if, if June breaks, you know, we do the Del Sol thing again yeah. together. And yeah. that, that would be, you know, another one of, one of those things I look forward to. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm interested, you know, uh, like you were talking about inspirations earlier, my newfound inspiration uh, after being here at Lincoln, realizing the deep history of this university. It's the only university started by uh, ex-slaves after the, after the Civil War. So it was started by, by, by uh, black military soldiers from the uh, 62nd and 65th Infantries. And, uh, and they put their money together and, and decided they wanted to have a school when they got out. And, and they they did, and, and the history is, is fascinating. Just just knowing how it actually started, but looking back at reading on some of those things and realizing how much uh, how much sacrifice went on to do it. So now I'm looking at ways to to put things in place here uh, at the university that will help uh, our students who many are coming from, like, first-generational college students like we always have in, in, in the African-American com- community. But uh, it's something else that's going on, and I'm trying to find out what it is. You know, like sometimes you can't put your finger on it, mm-hmm. but I know it's there. So I'm right now patiently unfolding and, and peeling back the layers, as I say, to, to, to figure out what, what is my real purpose, you know, for being here other than to be, you know, a lead educator you know, for the university. So I'm hoping that uh, soon I'll be able to tell more about that. But, but that's what's going on in terms of me um, in, in the educational world. On the music side, I'm just trying to practice every day. I got a little more time, you know, about being working remotely. And, uh, and so I'm, I'm working out things, uh, have some, you know, some, some turns. Oh, yeah, so I was listening to, uh, you know, other harmonica players, uh, and I always, uh, even when performing with you, you know, Jason would, would take the harmonica out, and he, he's a good player, so I started thinking about some of the things I could do if I spent a little more time <laughs> with the harmonica, so now I'm getting a chance to do it, and uh, it's making more sense to me. So. You, you understand Jason, you know, we just say, Jason, we need you to go to space today, we need you to go to Mars and come back, you'll figure it out. <laughs> That's what he does. I need you to play the harmonica. I need you to play. And he's been playing on Waiting on Joe. He played on Sunshine. He played on a lot of stuff. And he's done really right. just sort of, I think, that Jason just picks something up and just goes, he sort of looks at it. You know what I mean? And <laughs> and he sort of, he, he, he turns it upside down. He flips it over. He kind of looks. He blow a little bit. He goes, okay, I got it. I mean, that's sort of him. Yeah. You know, he's sort of a, yeah. a just a chameleon. He's a chameleon on stage. Yeah, he's a fun guy, man. Yeah, he is. He's, he's, he's a fun guy. He's beautiful. Yeah. Well, I, I can't thank you enough for taking an entire Mississippi Minute with me. Uh, I look forward to the many times we'll have that the Lord blesses us to be on stage together and make some more records. Uh, you guys can check out all of that. Check out Dr. Alfonso Sanders. Go to his uh, Facebook live uh, Facebook page. Check him out live. He's doing some concerts coming up. Contribute because... Uh, we got to have him around for a while. We can't have him doing something else. There ain't no way. Man, I, well, I hope so. I hope I keep health, and I'm wishing the best to everyone else, too. And, uh, of course, I have to give a shout-out. You know, uh, I'm a grandfather now, so I have to think about that, too. Yeah. So my, my grandson's name is Asher Leo Ingram, so I call him Ali. You know, those oh, are the initials. I love it. So. I love it. Where, now, where does he live? Uh, they're down in the... Uh, uh, 
the Fuyak Springs area down there, uh-huh. outside of Destin. Yeah, yeah, that's not a bad place to ever be, is it? Not a bad yeah. place to ever. I love it. I know exactly where that is. That's that's that area where you almost feel like you're there. You know what I mean? After you've been driving, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You've been six and a half, six and a half hours, oh, and you're going like, okay, yeah. that's a landmark. Yeah, are we there yet? Yeah, yeah. that's a, that's one of those ones. Well, I can't thank you enough. Everybody, go to visit Mississippi.org to find all the incredible things that we have to offer. So many wonderful things to do. I know you're getting antsy, like uh, myself and Dr. Alfonso Sanders, who's been my guest today. But uh, check it out. And get yourself ready and prepared to roll. Blessings to you all. Thanks for being with me in the Keep Mississippi Beautiful Studios on Super Talk. I'm Steve Azar. You've been in a Mississippi Minute. Later on. I'm Steve Azar. In a Mississippi Minute, all 60 of them, where you can take your sweet time. Humble beginnings all the way back to 1943, Guarantee Bank has grown from offering the basic banking services and products to serving customers with a comprehensive, complete line of expertise and products only expected at much larger institutions. We are proud to be your local big-time bank. So when you're looking for a bank you can truly depend on and trust, and like me so many years ago trying to find my way around, let Guarantee Bank with its 17 convenient locations, help you on your journey and become a wonderful addition to your family like they have mine for over 30 years. Guarantee Bank, member FDIC. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.